Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Attitude Error podcast, review podcast, where we will be reviewing Nitro from July 8th, 1996, and they are at MGM Studios in Disney World, which is now known as Hollywood Studios. I will be your Mickey Mouse host, and let me introduce my co-host, my Donald Duck, Arnold. I can't do Donald Duck's voice. What's up, everybody? <laughs> oh, I thought you said you can. I was waiting for it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I have a friend of mine that could do a perfect Mickey Mouse, and actually, I know he listens to this program, so let's see if I can imitate him. Oh, boy. <laughs> he can do it a lot better. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a pity clap. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as good for it. <laughs> but we are the night after. Bash at the Beach, 1996. Hogan is now a full-fledged heel. Everybody hates him on this program. Even the heels will hate him. The faces will hate him. His mama probably hates him. I sure as hell hated him after that. Yeah, it was it was bad. Oh, yeah. But so good. I mean, it was so refreshing. To put oh, him- Absolutely to just take something so old and make it new again. And we're seeing, we don't even see Hogan on this program, spoiler alert, and but his presence is all over it. Just like they talked about who's the third man for the last couple of weeks, this whole episode is, Hogan, you stupid son of a, we hate you. How, how dare you? And they start, they start by showing stills of the pay-per-view, which is, kind of hilarious now that because that just doesn't happen anymore they used to show you know these were pay-per-view you had to pay for them so the next night they wouldn't show you clips from the show which would make sense because even if you're seeing clips from it you would still want to watch the whole episode one one to watch the pay-per-view oh yeah but they would just show you still shots of it like this is what happened oh he, he hogan dropped the leg well there he is floating in midair <laughs> <laughs> oh so, yeah so that was kind of kind of a nostalgic, kind of weird kind of feeling to me. Right. But I do got to say, as a um, quote-unquote Disney fanboy, it was nice to see the Earful Tower in the background. I miss when they tore that down. Because I, I was actually at MGM like two months before this went, went down. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we went there. We, our band went there in high school. Spoiler alert, I'm a band nerd. <laughs> hey, we laughing at you were too. Not till college. Well, yeah, that's true. But I was a show choir geek in high school, so there was that. So there you go. My, <laughs> the, for the people, for the one person I know who listens, it's the one to know can Arnold sing. Yes, apparently he can sing. <laughs> yes, he can. Folks, if you're listening to us, we're glad to have you back with us today. We're always glad to have you back with us, and we're hoping, hoping that you're following us on Twitter at AEWR pod and on our Instagram, which we're going to start posting a little more on Instagram, maybe some funny memes or P 
pictures of us recording. But we are on Instagram also at AEWRpod. But today, Nitro, the night after. Dump, dump, dump. So, I mean, this episode, I like this episode all the way through. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was great. This was refreshing. The night, this is how you do a night after a pay-per-view, especially something as big as the one they just had. That's the thing, though, is like with that, you have no choice but to come with the heat. Absolutely no choice. Because we saw after King of the Ring, WWE or WWF, whatever you want to call it, their next night was nothing special, nothing much at all. I mean, because it was taped, it was taped before the King of the Ring. So they, there's not a whole lot you can do. This is the advantage of having a live show. I, oh, yeah. The fact that it took, I know we've said this before, but the fact that it took Vince so long to come around, I just can't understand how he didn't see this working. Or I know he didn't watch it. We talked about that last night, yesterday on the Bash Review. But the fact that somebody didn't say, hey, Vince, you've got to sit down and watch a little bit of this. Look at what they're doing. It's working. What we're doing is not and either I'm, somebody might have, some, somebody might have, but he should have listened. But hey, I was like, it's like they say, man, high sides twenty twenty. Yep. Like this would have, uh, this would have definitely helped WBF at the time. And I mean, is is the thing you know it could have been Vince being stubborn, could have been maybe a money thing. Um, you know, it's hard to tell. And I'm sure, especially at this point, seeing that. WCW's, I'd say, had a crap ton of people watching this show. Um, Hogan, or not Hogan, excuse me. Uh, WWF should have probably jumped on the train right about then. Like, okay, we need to get through these tapes, whatever, and we need to get this live as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this, yeah, like you said, this right here, this is this this show was the it was good to get the ball rolling on what transpired the night before and every match or most of the matches anyway, meant something in one way or another. And it's kind of like these guys are taking, they're like the guys who, you know, the astronauts who took the first steps on the moon and you got to kind of think it's like, all right, well, we've, we made it to the moon. Where do we go from here? Well, WCW said we're going to freaking Mars. Yep, exactly. I'm trying to find the exact date when we're all started going live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not exactly sure myself. I want to say probably sometime in 1997. Uh, I would say it's about then. Well, hmm. Uh, September, no, no, it was the first. So Nitro started September 11th, 1995. So we're uh, almost a year past that, and it's still pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a, it's, it was a while, because I know, shoot. Trying to, I'm still, I can't even find it, so it's been a while. I'm going through the history, but still, we'll figure it out later. We'll get there. We'll get there, folks. But back to Nitro, this was the much better program. 
mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah, it was a much better program. This they're really played up their hot angles after they after a bash the beach. And they they've learned how to format a show to get you in your seats. And I mean this one they didn't have to. They could have put on Aunt Nancy crocheting for a half hour till you get to Hogan and this one would have you'd have still been watching. Because like you said oh, yeah. yesterday, you you weren't watching Raw tonight. At least not live. I mean you might have if you had VCR recording and two TVs, you may have taped it. But, mm-hmm. you, but you're not watching it live. There's no. I would say they're they got smashed tonight because you heard. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you heard Hogan went heel. You probably didn't believe it. Oh so, no. So this they had they had they knew they had the audience. They mm-hmm. knew they were going to have it, and they put together a good show, good mix of good and bad. And I, yep. I, I mean, good and bad, as in heels and faces, and not as good bad segments, because you don't ever want a bad segment, even mm-hmm. though, even though it happens, it happens. But, and even if they thought you weren't going to be watching this, they put on a good, they put on a hot match to begin with, to try to get you in, hooked. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and <laughs> and get you hooked, they did. Yep. I mean, Raw starts off with, a, we'll get there, but Raw started off with a good match too. But again, WCW starts with a title match. I believe last week it was a tag team match. This yep. week, this week we're going to start with a WCW Cruiserweight Championship match. Dean Malenko, the champion, with Rey Mysterio getting a title shot, which, yes, you can say title shot. It's not a championship opportunity. So, dear WWE, stop using things that no one says. <laughs> right. It's a belt. It's not a championship. It is a belt representing that champion. Mm-hmm. But um, so this is a good, good match to start with. I think. I know you're a big cruiserweight guy, so I'll let you take it away for a few. Oh yeah, it was perfectly fine. It was like you know, as Drew mentioned, you know, first match right out the gate. Uh, we we're talking yeah, World Cruiserweight Championship. Dean Malenko is your champion, taking on Rey Mysterio who had, uh, in my opinion, a show, a luchador showcase against Psychosis the night before. And this match honestly lived up to the name of that belt, in my opinion, because, I mean, we're looking at probably, arguably, your best lucha-style wrestler versus a very, very skilled technician in Dean Malenko. And both of these men got to showcase what they could do, save the commercial break. But, I mean, it was a knockdown, drag-out fight throughout the entire match. And they were flipping each other all over the place. Malenko, of course, got some holds in. I mean, and it showed, in my opinion, that both men are capable of wrestling one another's style to a degree. And I mean, I'm sure you might have seen it because it, it, it had a little bit of everything. You got your like American, you know, Western, whatever kind of style of smaller guy wrestling with Malenko. But you also got the Mexican lucha style with Ray. You know, there were flips, there were kicks, there were chokes, there were holes. It, it was just, I thought it was great. 
I, I like this one. Now, compared to, you know, I gave Ray versus Psychosis a pretty failing D yesterday because I mm. didn't I didn't like the obvious cooperation. I, I can't see I couldn't see through this. This mm -hmm. was two guys, even with the moves they were using, two guys having a fight. Mm -hmm. And there was some this wasn't as polished, I'll put it that way, as the um other match. And right. I th I think it was maybe who Zabisco was on commentary. Started mm -hmm. off with Shivani and Zabisco. I think he mentioned it in this match that the humidity was pretty high. It's Florida. We're outdoors. Yep. Because Ray Ray went to do like the spin around thing and he slipped off and f luckily landed flat on his back and Malenko covered really good to make it look like it was, you know, you knew it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. But he he went immediately for the pin to which was also to talk and set up what you wanted to do next because we just messed that up. Oh yeah. But it didn't. I mean, yeah. That there's a point where you make mistakes in a match and it looks like you're having a fight. It doesn't look like you botched a move. There's a difference. Right. Did he botch the move? Yeah. But did Malenko sit there and just wait for him to get up so they can do the next spot that they planned in the back? No. Nope. He made it look like it was part of the flow and the ebb, ebb and flow of the match. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I think a lot of the young people have missed. They sit in the back because they heard that Savage and Steamboat wrote out their entire match at WrestleMania three, so they think every match has to be like that. Right. And that was a, a fluke. Not I'm not saying a fluke. That was the exception to the rule. Mm. 90, oh yeah, hands down. Ninety nine ninety nine percent of your good matches are called on the fly in the ring. You know the finish. You may have I mean heck, most of the time you're in separate locker rooms. Mm-hmm. So you don't even see your opponent till you're in the ring. But these kids don't understand that, you know, you, it was called in the ring. You knew the finish. You knew maybe a couple spots you wanted to do, especially if you work with a guy before something's worked. But right. like but if you messed up, it looked like a fight. Yeah, something botched. Like you maybe you missed a punch and you potatoed him, but it looked real. It wasn't I missed his hurricane Ron and said he's gonna pick me up and let me try it again, which looks phony. It looks phony, and honestly, it's all in all tacky. This didn't. Nope. Um, another mis there was a couple. There was a couple of noticeable botches in this. The one where Ray slipped off and got the flat back, and Malenko went the penning. The other one mm -hmm. was whew, that Asai moonsault off the. Oh ropes. yeah. Bray Mysterio missed him by two feet and splattered on the concrete. On right all over the concrete. I, mean, I was like, ooh. I was hoping he didn't break his leg at this point. Right. But, you know, he was supposed to hit that and probably get up and be on offense. Mm hmm Which, if that happened to somebody nowadays, that's what they do. They missed it. Who cares? I'm on offense. I'll get up and do the next spot. No. These two knew enough that he missed it. So... Who should be on offense? Malenko. He gets right. up and takes back control to keep going. Mm hmm Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah. And that's that and that separates, you know, great performers, great wrestlers, whatever you want to call it, from I don't know what the we'll say riffraff in this case, because yeah, I mean gymnasts. Yeah. There you go. Like, how awkward is it? You know, say he misses this moonsault, and Malenko just kind of corpses there for a while. 
until Mysterio gets up and is like, oh, yeah, I got to punch you now. Or, you know, like, it would have just looked awful. And Bonier than a football this, bat. Right. And considering, you know, this is live television, you know, in front of who knows how many people were here. This is your first, like, your promotion's first outdoor show. And this is after probably, arguably, the greatest moment in this promotion's history up to this point. And, you know, yeah, you, like, Malenko and Ray did that exactly how it needed to be done. Exactly. And, you know, you know, like, it's like and these guys understand. And I'm sure a lot of, some of these new guys, or these, no, I won't say new guys, like, these younger guys, I'm sure some of them understand it. You know, these things happen, you know, and... I mean, it's one of those things the show must go on. But at the same time, yeah, you don't want to stand there and be like, well, hey, man, you know, we need you to, you know, kind of got to hit this drop kick, so we'll let you do it again. Yeah. That, you can't do that on live television. Nope. They it's do one thing now. If it's, they yeah, do well, now. Yeah, they do now. And I mean, it's one thing if it's taped, like, okay, you know, if this had happened on Raw, and, you know, at that point, even if they decided to go up and do it again, we're not going to see that. The people who see that, are going to be the people who are in the crowd and they might have something to say about it obviously i mean depending on where you're at especially but if we're watching this on television and it's taped they could easily just whoop get rid of that and it's like okay well he hit the move cool mm-hmm. but yeah shout out to these yeah shout out to both mysterio and malenko for that i will definitely give them that which yeah. brings me that i mean Malink, Malinka was working really heelish in this this whole match. So mm-hmm. I know we talked about it with the Inferno match. Maybe they're wanting him to be a heel and kind of like that quasi heel kind of character. I don't know. Yeah, and that's I mean, and that's kind of what I was getting. Like I was kind of about to say, I was like, I was trying. I was going to say that kind of leads me to the next point because it was one of those things. It's like, yeah, is Malinko your baby face or is he your heel? Yeah, and in the this po- one. The one thing that really I don't understand why they did it, Malenko's your champion. Yep. He gets Mysterio, throws throws him out, and goes out and beats crap out of him for a while. While the referee's counting like he should, a good referee. One, two, three. Malenko rolls back in then goes right back out to reset the count. Mm-hmm. Why? He gets counted out, you win. Yeah. And you retain your title. Exactly. <clears throat> I mean, even the only way that really works is if it's some kind of ongoing feud and the babyface does it so he can prove to himself that he can finally overcome the big heel that's been in his way. Right. But or this, the heel does it because he can, or so he can continue to beat the crap out of the babyface outside the ring. But see that what this wasn't, this wasn't that situation. That's not Malenko who he was. It just. That really kind of that was the one big thing, you know. The the botches I can take, that happens because they, they covered them well. Oh yeah, very well. There's two things that stopped me from stopped this match from getting an A for me. It was this, and then what happened pretty much next, the top rope gut buster. Yeah, it was nice, but this is the one really where Ray was up there. And he had to reach around and help Malenko up to the top. Like you could, this was obvious cooperation. Mm-hmm. Beautiful move, beautifully sold, beautifully performed. But you could tell it was they had to work together to do it. And that's just. 
<laughs> pulled me out of it. I mean, that's the only I that's the only thing that stopped it from getting an A for me. Mm -hmm. That's fair, because honestly, I was kind of like, eh, yeah, that part. I mean, it was yo, you could see it. Ray reaches right behind, grabs him, and yeah, it was. But and then Malenko kept pulling the shoulders up. I mean, so maybe. So maybe if they would have done that first before resetting the count, it would have made sense. Right. But the other, and doing the resetting the count first didn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-mm. Because it didn't make sense to me either. But he pulls his shoulders up, won't pin him twice, I believe he did that. And then Ray Mysterio reverses into a Hurricane Rana, one, two, three, and he is your new, and new WCW Cruiserweight Champion. Mm -hmm. Which... I'm not sure at this point how long Malenko's had the title, but it was obvious from the last couple of weeks with the big package with Rey Mysterio and how they've talked him up that they were pushing this guy to the top of this division. And it's a good call. I, I like it. I like this. Oh, yeah. I, I liked it too. And, I mean, really, you think about up to this point, like they, like you said in the last episode, that like, well, no, it wasn't that match. Sorry, it was a different match. But, like, and this, I mean, even with the stuff they were showing in, you know, the prior weeks on Nitro, like they were really trying to hype up Rey Mysterio. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it, you know, I'm sure you, you all heard my grade <clears throat> for the Mysterio psychosis match from Bash. But which if you haven't go back and watch a review of Bash at the Beach. Absolutely. It's a good one. And but I mean, I know you're not a big fan of the high flying stuff, but if you think about it, the match between Rey Mysterio and Psychosis kind of set the bar for the cruiserweight division in WCW. And this match here, in a way, kind of solidified that for me, which is why I'm glad that they put Rey Mysterio over in this one. Clean. I mean, uh, clean, clean too. Exactly. Clean. They did it clean. And <clears throat> I mean, up to this point, Malenko was the champ. A little over a month by this point. It's a little hot shot um, for me, but yeah. And you know, and plus the match with uh I mean the match with Disco wasn't bad. Wasn't bad at all. But at the same time, I mean, come on, you got this young, extremely talented Rey Mysterio Jr. I mean, you're 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 definitely he's gonna, even if it wasn't tonight, he was gonna have that belt eventually. Oh yeah. You could see, you could look at Ray Mysterio and realize this is a guy that's going to put butts in seats, even as a mm -hmm. cruiserweight. People are going to come and want to watch him. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and yeah, and you think about it like from basically from here on, like the cruiserweight division in WCW is one of the biggest draws at that point. Because at this point, I mean, WWF might have had some smaller guys, but they weren't cruiserweights. No, they were just little guys. Shawn Michaels was pretty much the smallest guy in that whole tag gum promotion. And he's what six one, probably one hundred and eighty. Yeah, maybe yeah, two. Maybe two. He probably passed for two. And I think that's what kind of brought on that whole new generation in there. Because I mean, you think about I mean the guys who were holding the belt in WWF at the time, like yeah, like Shawn Michaels is champion at one point. Diesel, aka Diesel. Kevin Nash. Yeah, you know he's you know that big man, but he's not like brr, you know. Brr, brr. I mean, he's look just, at. Look over the last couple of years who WWF had. Taker, Yokozuna, Diesel. I mean, then Shawn Michaels, but, I mean, that mm -hmm. was the exception to the rule. Hulk right. Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. Big, giant, muscly dudes. Yeah, big, giant, muscly dudes are your champs. 
And it's like, you know, these smaller guys, I mean, obviously you're not going to get a shot in Vince McMahon's promotion this time. So, you know, where are you going to go? You see matches like this, like in WCW, another huge promotion at the time, especially backed by billionaire Ted himself or whoever, Bischoff, whoever at this time. And you see matches like Malenko versus Mysterio, Mysterio versus Psychosis. And, you know, Eddie Guerrero and all those guys later on down the road, especially if you're a cruiserweight, yeah, I'm going to sign with WCW if they want me there. Absolutely. You know, and and, go ahead. And this is, this is, brings it back to another point. Not everybody's doing this kind of moves and matches. So when it's special, it's still special. If everybody's flipping around like they're in a tornado, it's not special anymore. Mm -mm. And that's how this got over. There's a oh, reason yeah. they. There's a reason if you notice when WCW pretty much starts right about nowish, every show started pretty much with a cruiserweight match. Mm-hmm. It got you up. It got you excited. Yep. Because you're going to see this, but then it's going to be different later down the road. And exactly. It's it, going to be different down the road, and honestly, shoot, even when they did the battle royales with them, mm-hmm. like I was immersed in it i loved it because it seemed like if there were like four guys on this side of the ring not doing anything they were still doing something Mm -hmm. not just laying there in the corner right they weren't just laying there while you know one guy and another guy did a big spot there was like you see a big spot here in this in this corner on the other corner somebody's doing a hurricane rana off the top rope you look over here, somebody's doing a suicide dive out the ring. Like it was outrageous and it was fun and people loved it. And they didn't hire just every Joe, Joe and Bob and Dave off the street who could do a top rub hurricane Rana. Nope. They hired every Joe, Bob and Dave off the street who knew how to work and sell a story, which this match really proved. Ray was young. Ray could fly like an eagle, but they told a good story. He knew how to work. He didn't just go out there and he wasn't a quote-unquote spot monkey. Nope. Nope. He, I was like, yeah, Ray Mysterio, even, and, and honestly, even still to this day, yep. has, perf- uh, is, has almost perfected his ground. I don't know, not even almost, at, by, especially by now anyway. Like, Ray Mysterio has perfected his craft. I mean, he's got to be in at least his mid-40s by now. Oh, yeah. And he can still do easily a good chunk of those moves he was doing, not all of them, obviously, because, I mean, he's older now. But at the same time, I would not be shocked to see Rey Mysterio, even now to this day, still pop off of the moonsault. Oh, no, that's that's easy. He he could probably do that in his sleep. That's how he gets out of bed in the morning. Right. I mean, he probably goes to bed with a moonsault. (laughs) It's like, well, going to bed. Why do you have a turnbuckle in here? You'll see. Cool. Ooh. Well, good night. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like, you can, yeah, you, you might do everything with the moonsault. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he could still pull it off and make it look great. You know, it's not sloppy. It hasn't gotten rusty. And it's like, this man has been consistently working for God knows how long. Yep. He's one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like this match. I gave it a B. The, the only thing is the top, that top rope gut buster pulled me out of a little bit but other than that loved it that's fair that's fair um i gave it a b plus it's it's kind of like a b plus a minus okay i don't know what to call that but yeah a b plus plus 
There you go. It was like a B plus plus for me. Or there A minus go. minus if you want. A minus minus. Yeah, you know, it's in that it's in that little area between there. We'll call it like a B plus point five. <laughs> and that'll um, work. I did, I say that because um, yeah, like I said, if that match with him and Psychosis the night before set the bar for the cruiserweight division in WCW, like I said, this right here cemented it. This is like, look, Gray is the guy right now. Okay. If you want the belt, you have to beat this dude. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and look at all the guys who decided, all right, challenge accepted. Like, think of all like a lot of cruiserweights. And I know, even though you're not, I guess you're not necessarily per se a fan of lucha style wrestling. I guarantee if I ask you to name at least 10 cruiserweights from the WCW between well really the rise and fall of wcw per se a good chunk of them are probably luchadors yeah probably yeah and they're all and they're all memorable that's the best part like there might have been a couple guys where it's like oh i don't really remember him oh yeah i remember him but you look at a lot of these dudes ray mysterio eddie guerrero juventud guerrera la parka psychosis chris jericho Dean Malenko, like that right off the rip is seven. You know, that's, I mean, that's, like, yeah, I mean, and I just, those are off the top of my head. That's how exciting the cruiserweight division was for me. <laughs> I, uh, I, I want to say that I like, I don't want to put this, I don't want to them totally i like the high flying i don't like the lucha libre style mm. because it's just 100 miles an hour flying around and doesn't make a lot of sense which isn't what ray mysterio does yeah right. he, he flies but he makes sense out of it mm. there's a difference so that's why i thought the match anything well i thought this match was good but aw yeah they can fly and some of them can make it look good right but they don't know how to they have no ring psychology no idea why they're doing a move no idea why they shouldn't do a move. That's the big thing. Mm, most that's the thing. Yeah. Most wrestlers nowadays, they know when to do They don't know when to do a move, and they don't know when not to. But It's like, I need to do big spots constantly. I want to be one of those video clips on Twitter. If everything's up, ever, nothing's up. Exactly. Look at a movie. Is a movie... Okay, let's take what's the most popular type of movies out right now. Superhero movies. Superhero movies. Let's take what's the biggest one. Let's take um, the Endgame. last Avengers movie. The last Avengers movie, <laughs> Endgame. Did it have a beautiful fight scene at the end? Oh my God, yes. Was that one not wonderful? Oh. Even though there's a big continuity error with Ant Man in it, which kind of whatever, we'll call that as wrestling terms a botch, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Would that movie have been nearly as good? As if, if it was a two-hour fight scene? Absolutely not. No. They worked up to it. They they sold you. They got you hooked. They right. gave you emotion. They gave you a reason. They gave you somebody to root for. Mm-hmm. They gave you somebody to hate. They gave you a little bit of hope. Then they pulled it back and took it away. And they gave you a little more hope. And they took it away. And finally, finally, the big baby face comeback. Steve, what? On your left. And if that right there didn't give you goosebumps, I don't know what it is. But this isn't a, a movie review. It's just tying it in because <laughs> if a wrestling match is all high spots and high spots and high spots, 
why am I caring about it? Why am I caring who wins? Why am I caring about who loses? Right. Where's the story? Tell me a story. I will take a, I will take a match with zero top rope, high flying, big move that tells me a story. Mm -hmm. If you sell me an hour long match where a guy just has a hammer lock and can't get out of it, I would rather see that than top rope, hurricane Rana top rope, Super blah, 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 whatever, whatever. I don't <laughs> super kick, super kick, super kick. Ooh, top rope lector. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Take that as what you want. Tell me a story. And that's what these two did right here. Absolutely. And they, they told a magnificent story in my opinion. And like I said, the fact that, I mean, in a way this was, while, you know, when you think of passing the torch in terms of professional wrestling, you think, you know, I was, I was the top dog in, you know, for X amount of years, you know, I've been the man, but now it's your turn. This has that kind of feel to it. Except, I mean, obviously Malenko and Mysterio both go on for years, yeah. but you know what I mean? It's like, okay, this, you was, know, Malenko, this was Mysterio's coming out party. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. For an American was, audience. And this is what I said. Like, and in a way, this is kind of, our introduction to the Lucha, Lucha Libre style of wrestling. Just like, you know, if you look at, I mean, this is later on a WWF that I can think of. I mean, even ECW before that, but guys like uh, Taka Michinoku and guys like that coming from Japan. I mean, even guys in WCW who are coming from Japan and, and a lot of them, I'm sure they Americanize it a little bit, obviously, so that we kind of go like, oh, you know, cool. These guys are from Japan. That's cool. But at the same time, if you look at a lot of the moves these guys are doing, uh, you can definitely tell Japanese style wrestling is different because it's more shoot style than it is, or what they call it, strong style. Strong style. Than it is, you know, here. And it's different. And, I mean, that's why, like, I mean, even still, I mean, um, Taka, Funaki, guys like that, while they were mid-card guys, were still over with the crowd mm -hmm. because we didn't see that all the time. It was different, yep. Mm -hmm. It was very different. All right, well, so you said B++. <laughs> I'll take that. We'll take that for sure. So I believe the... Uh, Oh, yeah. Next, we have a little, uh, what was it, a backstage session there with our good buddy, Mean Gene Oakland, with the Steiners and the Nasty Boys. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I guess these guys, I, I, they don't like each other. I got that. That's about the only thing I could think of with this match or this uh, interview is basically we have two teams that hate each other. Yeah, it's, I get, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, what was this, the winner gets a title shot? I don't know. Or bath? I, yeah. I don't I don't get it. It's yeah. like, uh, <laughs> this, and wow. I mean, this was, I love Scott and Rick's promo. Scott's always intense and crazy. Rick has great intensity, and I love the dog barking. Oh, yeah. Because... If people are going to go, well, look at that. This is silly and stupid and it's going to take your mind out of it. No, no. The difference between if somebody tried to do this today, they would say, they would try to be this as, oh, look, he thinks he's a dog. Mm -hmm. 
Rick Steiner didn't think he was a dog. He was doing it to intimidate you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And on top of that, he had the, was it the, like the old, you know, the amateur old, like wrestling ear muff. Yeah, I love that. Like, yeah. This made it that much more exciting for me for that. But it's like the fact that the nasty, the nasty boys were there. And it's just like, who the hell let you back in? Why are you here? Yeah. Oh, if didn't one of you get hit over the head with a, an inflatable shark last night, you should be at the hospital. <laughs> Again, folks, please watch the bash, the beach review. If you want to hear our thoughts on the nasty boys, but oh, sweet Jesus. let's, let's cut this tangent off. Cause we'll go off for another half hour. Like we did yeah. yesterday. I don't need that. And speaking, speaking of going off, dude, did you see what happened next? Well, one more thing about this promo, or no, was this, hold on, or was it later? Hold on. Never mind, that was later. Uh, what happened next? Blood runs cold. It's getting chilly. And each of us burns the fury of a warrior. <laughs> this made me sad. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you notice the difference in the package or the vignette this time? It no longer says July 1996. Oh, yeah, that's right. It just says coming to WCW. (laughs) Yeah. So my thought is either I'm going to have to wait longer for this or apparently this guy isn't ready to be seen on TV yet. But we can see Uh, the nasty boys. We can see the nasty boys. Yeah, we can see the nasty boys. But apparently this guy's not to that level, so... Nah, glaciers. I mean, we're talking. I mean, the 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 um, introduction, so to speak, of glacier is going to just totally eclipse everything that happened last night. He's the fourth man. He is the fourth man. <laughs> like when they said New World Order, baby, they meant the new ice age. It's coming. Oh yeah, one inch per year because it's a glacier <laughs> who is apparently taking that long to show up to wcw folks i'll tell you what if we can get let's see if we can get the bash of the beach review up to let's say a certain number of views i've got in my head i'm not gonna tell it out loud but if we can get it there because only we can see the number so it really doesn't matter but if everybody goes and watches the bash the beach review we will do a standalone episode on Glacier's debut. I'm totally down. A short 25-minute episode of nothing but the debut of Glacier. I am totally down. You so heard make, it, folks. So make sure if you hear this, I'll put this in the, I'll put this probably as the teaser. Go watch the Bash the Beach review or watch. Go listen. You don't <laughs> want to see her. You don't want to see my face, folks. Go listen to the Bash the Beach review, and we will do it. Please. I, I, I want to. <laughs> and speaking of things I don't want to, here comes the next match. Oh, Lord. We get a tag team match with Hugh Morris because, ha-ha, that's funny, humorous. <laughs> Remember Hugh Morris? Yeah. <laughs> No, nobody else does either. They remember his name being stupid, and he got buried the second they handed that gimmick to him. Oh, absolutely! Like we're gonna we're gonna make you the Riddler on steroids. 
<laughs> that's literally what I wrote. I said, you Morris is the Riddler on steroids. <laughs> so he's teaming with Big Bubba, and they're going to face the Blue Bloods. <laughs> because British have to be heels. We're kidding. Oh, we obviously. Love, we love you, England. Shout out to England. I mean, we're two days away from our anniversary of telling you to go stick it in your tea hole, but we love you now. <laughs> so this match, it wasn't very long. It, it was back. I mean, it wasn't really, it was back and forth. Just this match really didn't do anything other than t- for the finish. Mm-hmm. Big John Tenta comes out and distracts big Bubba and the blue buds win. And the only thing I thought was, they had a nickels, quarters, coins on a sock match last night between these two. And 10 of 1. 10 of 1. Yeah. Clean. I mean, it's still clean because the match, the sock thing is legal. So 10 of wins clean over Big Bubba. Why is he still after him? He got his revenge at a pay-per-view in a gimmick match. Why is he still continuing to feud with Big Bubba? He's out for blood, dude. It just He's out for blood. He... Wants to destroy the Dungeon of Doom. Then pick, <laughs> then pick another one to go after. You've already beat Big Bubba. Right, you should go after their weak link next, right? Are they gonna Are they gonna push John Tenta? No. Nah. You put him over Big Bubba. That's fine. He got his revenge. He it's the the pole match should be the blow off match. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see any more of Big Bubba and Tenta. I've seen enough of it. Right, and it just gets increasingly more bizarre every time. Yeah. So this did nothing for me. The Blue Bloods were there just to, to have somebody. S- Steven Regal works wonderfully. The other guy, I can't ever remember his name, Taylor something. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They're not important. <laughs> if they were important, I'd remember it. But exactly. They were just there to go over after the interference, but this match did nothing for me. I gave it a C minus. I was like, yeah, and I, was, I actually gave it the same grade. Uh, I did. Um, it, it, there was really nothing to it. It was a little short, whatever you want to call it. And the only thing that saved it was, of course, once again, the fact that, I mean, I'll be honest with you. In, in this house here, we stand Lord Stephen Regal. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like, I, I've always been a Regal fan. Oh, yeah. will always be a Regal fan. He and, has the most punchable face in wrestling history. Right. He does. Absolutely. And that's why I love the man. Because, you know, especially, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen, well, not until, well, yeah, I ain't going to get into it. But I can't think of a time where I've seen a, like, a legitimate baby face, William Regal or Lord Stephen Regal <sighs> at all. Because, I mean, with a face like that, like, his, like, just down the nose and just, yeah, like, it's, perfect and don't ever change yes please i think he was i know he's a, like the gm of or the commissioner or whatever of nxt now mm-hmm. i can't i think sometimes that's a he does that as a face role not sure but not in the ring in the ring he was always a heel oh yeah in ring always a heel and i mean even when he was the you know back in the day when he did the commissioner thing Mm-hmm. I used to love that. They'd get in there and be like, I want a match with so-and-so. He's like, you're not going to come in here. And, and then he'd just throw himself into a match with him. Yeah. And then later on to Jerry, and it was hilarious. Yep. And, and I will say one thing I like about that. My f- 
probably top five favorite thing, segment, match, whatever you want to call it in wrestling, involves him. The one where he comes out to the crowd of American people who he just looks down his nose at because they're so inferior. And he pulls out and he starts reading Shakespeare. <laughs> I love this segment so much. If you haven't seen this, please go on YouTube. We'll get there eventually, but it's a few years down the road and I can't wait. He he walks to the ring with his big British. This is in WWE at the time, mm -hmm. or it might still be F at the time. And he comes out and he, he says, you all are so unsophisticated and stupid, basically. And he says, I'm going to read you Shakespeare. So he's just standing in the middle of a wrestling ring with a giant packed crowd. And he starts reading, I believe it was, it was either Romeo and Juliet or I know it was Hamlet. He starts reading the beginning of Hamlet. He's going to read the whole book. All of a sudden, <laughs> he gets like a half a page through, which is boring people to death. And all of a sudden, you hear Stone Cold's glass break. And he walks to the ring, you know, with his B.A. walk, coming to the ring, never says a word, kicks him in the gut, stunner, never says a word, and just rolls back out of the ring and walk, walks all the way back up the ramp. <laughs> Crowd's going nuts. It's hilarious. I remember that. That is the That is my top. Easily in the top five, if not three, favorite wrestling segment of all time. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing I was like, it, I mean, it's kind of weird. Got to go back to this in a way, but it makes perfect sense. Like, you know, how we were talking about the different, you know, Japanese style wrestling, Mexican style of wrestling, British style of wrestling is, I love it. Oh, I love um, the world of sports style. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, Regal textbook, textbook, because uh, I know we, I know we kind of have a tendency to gripe about, quote unquote, sports entertainment and whatnot. But you look at the professional wrestling in the UK, that is sports entertainment and it is very entertaining and it's still absolutely athletic. Well, yeah, you know, whatever. But I mean, even, and I will say for modern UK wrestlers, even like uh, you look at, oh, what was his name? He was in the cruiserweight 205 deal. Uh, oh, gentleman, Jack Gallagher. Um, I enjoyed him as a face. I enjoyed him as a heel because not only did he show his athleticism in the ring, but he also showed impeccable showmanship because it didn't matter if you were cheering for the man or booing the man, he put on a great show. And like I, I give UK wrestlers shout like massive props for that. Um, one of my favorite YouTubers who does like retro video game things and stuff like that. Uh, shout out to uh, Top Hat Gaming Man, if you're listening. But uh, he is all, he's also a professional wrestler. And, you know, he does that thing. You know, that's his gimmick. You know, he wears the top hat. He's, you know, mean British guy. And, I mean, that, I mean, that gets over over there. And, quite frankly, I feel like it gets over here in the States, too. Because we're not used to seeing that type of showmanship in professional wrestling. Now, when it comes to Gentleman Jack, I will make the disclaimer. We approve of his wrestling style, but not him as a human being. Yes. He yes. is a piece of garbage outside of the ring. Just, But well, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, this match, um, yeah, it didn't do much. I gave it a C-. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, this one, um, yeah, C-. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll move on from that. Hugh Morris, horrible gimmick. I mean, he wasn't much in the ring, but yeah. So then we move to another cruiserweight match, well, which yeah. is nice to have him split up a little bit. 
we'll have Psychosis, who's making his Nitro debut, which they tell us three or four times that he's making his Nitro debut. Mm-hmm. And they, they're they acting like they're trying to make this big deal out of Psychosis. Well, they jobbed him out last night at the Bash of the Beach. Go right. listen to that review. And Shameless plug, folks. <laughs> Which, why are you listening to this if you haven't listened to the Bash of the Beach review? But still, maybe you've just found this randomly. <laughs> but they jobbed him out of Bash the Beach, and spoiler alert, they're going to hear. Why, then why make the big hubba-da-boo about it being his raw, or pff, Nitro debut? I did it again. Yeah, that's a that's a good question though, because yeah, they they did exactly that. It was like, yeah, this is the debut, you know, Monday Night Nitro, blah blah blah. And yeah, they did exactly that. It's like, okay, so you do that just for him to lose. Yeah, I didn't get the booking of this. Mm-mm. Get it? I mean, if you, yeah, they obviously wanted to make something of this guy. Give him a couple wins versus some job dudes. Right. Don't put him in there versus Eddie. It's like I'm sure you can find a couple guys down there in Florida. Like, hey, you know, like you want to like wrestle on a nitro? It's a lie. Yeah, I wrote sure. the very, I wrote the very end, and I said, "This is psych, this is Psychosis's nitro debut." Really? Okay. It's nice. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for coming. You're now a job, dude. Yeah, basically. And if you think about it, the night before was his first match ever in WCW. Which <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being a job guy. Every yeah. promotion needs him. But you don't make a big deal out of them. Yeah, you don't push them. Like, no. you don't, like, yeah, set them up. Like, oh, yeah, you know, here we go. You know, this is his second match or his first match on Nitro and blah blah blah, blah. And then, yeah, you, you just don't do that. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me. Um, and why did we get, in the start of the match, why did we get a cutaway to Rey Mysterio Jr. interview? Why didn't they do that just before the match? Seriously, yeah, was I was it, like, I didn't. Get was it that a time? Con- I'm thinking maybe somebody might have went over. Maybe their maybe their Ray match went over somebody on time, or I don't know. Potentially, but I can yeah. tell you one yeah. thing. I said yesterday that Ray Mysterio Jr. looked young. Oh my God! They put a mic in front of him. He sounds like 12 years old. <laughs> oh yeah. He's always had that young sounding voice, but this. Somebody hire him a Hispanic manager who speaks English and swear to God he doesn't know it. Seriously, yeah, like he sounded like super young. Like it was, it's kind of mind blowing. You know, it's, it's like whoa. It's not what he said. It's just the way he sounds saying it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am never going to take somebody seriously that says they're going to just get me in the ring and tie me up and whip my butt if. He sounds like he's a 12-year-old on helium. Just not going to happen. Oh, yeah. But, but I like this match overall. Mm-hmm. But, again, couldn't give it an A because this one was a little more like last night's. A little too choreographed. Not to the extent. I like this. I was in a really good mood watching this, by the way. <laughs> so you'll get with my grades. Um did you see where Eddie saved Psychosis from falling off the top rope? Yes. That, I mean, that's one yes. of those, like we talked about the other day, you have to because you don't want to drop a guy on a, or a guy to fall and break his neck. Mm-mm. But this was obvious. <laughs> I think it's the only thing that gave me a, a grade from an A. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. ending, Eddie does a big superplex. 
off the top, pretty looking. They both, and he sold it a little bit. That's something now. You'll, I hate that Randy Orton spot where he'll do a superplex off the top rope and immediately picking back up for a, another one, a suplex. You're supposed to, you, the superplex hurts you too. Right. It's the whole point. It's a desperation top rope move, and you're supposed to sell it too, not pick the guy up and give him another one. <laughs> That's like, I don't know. That's just, it was, yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. But, but hey, what can you do? He gave him a superplex, sold it for a minute, climbed to the top. I mean, he sold it for a few. He didn't sell it very long. But, you know, he, he gave the impression that, hey, it hurt me too. Right. But then he climbs the top rope and gives that big Guerrero. Why they always kept calling it a frog splash and not a Guerrero splash? I'll never know because he did it better than anybody. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Hands down. He did that. One, two, three. Eddie gets the win over Psychosis. And, I mean, yeah, overall, to me, yeah, it was another great match. Like, it was another, well, another great cruiserweight match, rather. Yeah, I um, like I like this one. Mm-hmm. I gave it a, I gave it a B minus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, and honestly, I mean, I gave it a B minus, too. And honestly, the big, big reason I gave it a B minus, excuse me, is because, yeah, the fact that, you know, at the beginning of this, you're like, this is Psychosis' first WCW Nitro. Like, yeah, that whole thing went on. And... He loses, which I granted, you know, maybe you're trying to get Eddie over. Maybe Eddie might challenge Ray for the title. That's what I thought. I thought they might have been heading that direction. Yeah. And that that would make sense. It's like, okay, you know, all right. So you want Eddie over. And then, I mean, honestly, this kind of gives this, and in a way, this would give psychosis maybe a chip on the shoulder or something like that. And, you know, you can go on and do that. And it's like, you know, your first two matches in this promotion out of the gate, you lose. It doesn't show good faith in you. No, nah, especially after being hyped up. Like, it's different if this was like, oh, here's this guy, it's his first match. And then you just go from there. But when the, when you make a big deal out of it, it seems like you, it's like you want to do something with it, but you're not sure what yet. And see, if I'm a fan and I don't know what booking and I don't know this is all predetermined, I'm looking, well, this guy's not very good. I mean, he lost last night. He comes right back tonight. I mean – Granted, now that Ray's the champ, you know, he lost to somebody good, so I can see that. I mean, mm. Eddie's I mean, now he just comes and loses clean to Eddie. I mean, that's two clean losses back to back. Right. Doesn't give me very much faith that they have very much faith in psychosis. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly how I felt about it. And it's just like, well, what are we doing with this dude? You know what I mean? Like, that's the way I look at it. What are we doing with this guy? We need to figure it out. So we're just going to let him job out until we figure it out. I mean, yep. I guess that's a way to go about it. I mean, it's not how I would book it, but who am I? Just an armchair booker, folks. Right. <laughs> so we move on that. We get an interview with the giant Kevin Sullivan and Jimmy Hart. And all night long, we forgot to say it, on the Rey Mysterio interview, everybody that gets interviewed, they talk about the same thing. Hogan. Mm-hmm. I mean, then they'll move on to their match. But everybody hates Hogan. The heels hate Hogan. The faces hate Hogan. Everybody hates Hulk Hogan, the NWO now, which is good. I mean, that's good that you're, you've united. Even the heels, even the faces, they all have one common enemy right now. But I love this one. It was Jimmy Hart with no comment. <laughs> <laughs> and the history of Jimmy Hart as he ever 
not had something to say. I know that that even to this day, I laugh thinking about that. Like the man whose moniker is the mouth of the South was left speechless by Hogan's actions. Yep. <laughs> and the simple fact, I, and just as like the, like for me, what the bonus is big bonus for me is the fact that this stable was created with the exact, like their mission statement was to destroy Hulkamania. Say, and they succeeded. And they didn't, they got, sometimes you don't know what you, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Because mm -hmm. now they're stuck with the N and the W and the O. That's right. But this was a pretty decent promo. I mean, mm -hmm. it, was, it, it was good. I mean, oh, yeah. The Giant, I still don't like him talking yet. He's not, he's, you can tell he's not comfortable with it. He's not natural as a talker. But I did like the line <laughs> they lost last night, so I don't have to work tonight and turns around and walks off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was, that, that was good. That was good. You can see you can see um glimpses of the future big show coming out. Right. But he's not there. He's he's still only been here about a year at this point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like he was still yeah, very green around the gills, so to speak. But yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean at this point, I mean he's starting to kind of come into his own as a bit. You know, like obviously he's got that big impressive figure. And I mean and and still, you know, even with kind of the meh, you know, mic skills at the moment, I mean, yeah, who else do you want the belt on at this point? You know what I mean? Like, he's your big dude. He's huge. I mean, I, that was a problem. I'm, I think they put it on him too early. I really do because now he's got this mystique and this unbeatable factor. Well, eventually you're going to have to beat him. True. And, I mean, I – you can do it as a some kind of screwy finish, but at some point he's going to have to lose, and I still oh, yeah. think he's lost yet. No, I don't think so. Yeah, but I mean he's had it for nine months, and I mean you know eventually somebody's getting it back, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you got this whole NWO thing, it's like somebody, I mean, if they're going to slay the giant, pun intended, yeah. puts them, makes them even more credible. I was like, yeah, that was like, that just further legitimizes that. So, I mean, that makes perfect sense. But I like this. It was good backstage. Jimmy Hart with no comments popped me big time. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other two were good. Kevin Sullivan's always good on the mic, even with that Bastin accent. Looking for his khakis. <laughs> I, I've always been a big Kevin Sullivan fan. Oh yeah, and I, I loved I loved this bit in this one, and I was like, that's why I brought up the Dungeon of Doom, their whole thing about destroying Hogan or Hulkamania or whatever. Is the fact that he was like his his interview actually made sense if you think about it. It actually made sense this time because it wasn't necessarily like he was like it was like he had a kind of a come to Jesus moment. Because yeah. <laughs> it wasn't him and the Dungeon of Doom that destroyed Hulkamania. It was Hulkamania that destroyed Hulkamania. Hulkamania. Yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of, it's like he was upset that Hogan took that away from him. <laughs> it's like this poor man got his ass handed to him by the, by, 
two of the horsemen last night <laughs> just for Hogan. Just yeah. Completely pee in his Cheerios. Yep. <laughs> it was I love good. that. Uh, yeah. Well, I gave it a B. It was good. Now, usually backstage segments, I give a C because they're there, but this one was really good. It got mm-hmm. Jimmy Hart popped me. Anytime you're going to pop me, I'm giving you an extra extra grade on that one. Oh, and yeah. I literally popped out loud. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And uh, this one, I gave this one a C plus. Um, I gave it a C plus. I mean, it was a backstage interview. It was a good one, granted. And just the fact that it's like, you have the taskmaster here who's just like, you know, mentally probably just staring out on a lake, listening to like, you know, soft rock or something, you know, like some Dawson's Creek kind of music <laughs> and probably trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life at this point. He's just like, you know, I got beat up by the horseman. I got double beat up by Benoit. And then Hulk Hogan pulls this off and I didn't get to destroy Hulkamania. He's like, you know, where do I go from here? Kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's like a, the end of the old Hulk, uh, the Incredible Hulk show where uh, you see Banner walking up the road, oh, hiking with the the sad, melancholy, yeah. uh, melancholic piano music. That was that was Sullivan in that moment. <laughs> I felt like, and I, I love that. <laughs> it was it was pretty good. Uh, so we move on to the next match, which is the Nasty Boys versus the Steiners, and the winner of this gets a title shot at the pay per view. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, the pay-per-view names are fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the the ring gear on this. Screamed early to mid-90s. Oh, my God, like yes. The pinks and the purples and the greens and the yellows and just the... Oh, yeah. It was just... I don't know. Like, it's some, it was like somebody regurgitated. Like, Yeah. <laughs> it was yikes. And I don't know if the, what the timing was with this, but why did like hour two start in the middle of this match and we switched commentators? I that was I didn't awkward. That. I mean, that was awkward as all get out. Yeah. I st- didn't get that. Like either start with I hate to say it, Bischoff and Yay Heenan, or Start with Shivani and Zabisco and let them finish, but don't switch halfway through the match. Yeah, that just seems kind of tacky. It took me out of it big time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Rick's barking again. Rick's just randomly barking at the other team. Hilarious, but not stupid, not ha-ha stupid. It's not he thinks he's a dog. It's he's trying to intimidate you. There's a difference. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wrote oh, crap. And I wrote crap. Bischoff is back because we didn't hear him at all or see him at Bashta Beach because he was in executive meetings over the hostile tech. Shut up! No, I mean even nobody buys that. Right. I mean, I can tell you what I think he was probably doing, but I don't think it's safe for this show. This is a family friendly show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. All right. <laughs> So Colonel Parker makes his way out. Hmm, gee, wonder why. <laughs> now, remember, he's now managing the tag team champions, the Harlem Heat. So apparently he has, he would rather. <laughs> now, now, if you're managing Harlem Heat and you just saw the Nasty Boys yesterday who can't wrestle a wet paper bag, mm-hmm. 
And then you're looking at the Steiners, who look at them. Scott's already a genetic freak because steroids. And Rick Steiner, who can work his rear end off in in a fight. Now, which one do you want to have a match with? Hmm. Right. I'm going to have to put my titles on the the line. Do I want to give a shot to the Nasty Boys or the Steiners? Well, apparently Colonel Parker was a little had a little too much of the hip flask because he picked the Steiners because he nails the Nasty Boys with a or no way he was trying to hit the Steiners and hit yep. the Nasty Boy. So I guess he did make the right choice and just couldn't execute it. I wrote that down wrong or round down backwards. I can't read my handwriting. So yeah, so Parker goes to hit I think it was Scott with the uh, cane misses. Nails Nasty Boy number one because I don't know their names and I don't care. Right. So Steiners win one, two, three. Then we get an in ring with the Nasty Boys and Mean Gene. And this is exactly (laughs) the first, this is the point where you can realize that they are at Disney and Disney's told them no in the language because the second that Nasty, uh, the blonde Nasty Boy, the dumb one, says, (laughs) says the word ass, Mean Gene immediately rips the mic away from him and goes oh, to the other God. one. And neither one should ever have a microphone in front of their face. Oh, my God. No. And you no. Could, to me, there was zero point to this interview other than just to kill time. I feel like that's essentially, yeah, that's essentially what it was for. And why are you interviewing the team that lost? Give me some more Rick and Scott Steiner. Seriously, I mean, that would have made the most sense. I would rather hear 30 seconds of Rick barking than 30 seconds of a Nasty Boy promo. Oh, yeah. It, it was just weird. And, like, the fact that, you know, of course, they asked him the question about things going on with the – well, now we know them as the NWO and whatnot. And he's like, hey, we, they do they just do what we want to do just like the Nasties do. And it's kind of like – what I have a feeling that Hall Nash and Hogan all know what a shower looks like. Yeah. It's like you guys are just kind of grody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's where the name comes from, the nasty boys, whatnot. But oh, oh they nasty in the ring, oh, yeah. out of the ring. They look like a they both look like a dead body that they pulled out of the Hudson River after three days. Oh my. But all right, we'll get past. I gave that a C. It was there. It was to get the Steiners a title shot again. So we get Steiners versus Harlem Heat for the third time. Once yeah. in a three-way, then the match that was was the one that didn't finish with the Outsiders coming in. Or was that what it was? I haven't looked, I'm not looking back through my notes. not that important. Yeah, the Still, last three-way, yeah, that was when the Outsiders popped over the barricades and whatnot, and they had all the police roll in. Yeah. Well, they, oh no, they got the rematch. They got the rematch the next week, and that's when Colonel Parker. Oh, hit, that's when yeah, Colonel cane. Parker showed up. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a cool pairing. Don't get but, it at yeah. all. Yeah. I was like, this one, um, I went with the C minus. Uh, and a big reason I went with the C minus with this one. Um, honestly, the match itself wasn't bad. You know, the Steiners did Steiner things. You know, they do Steiner stuff. The Nasty Boys did whatever they do. But to me is the whole, the thing with sister Sherry and Colonel Parker, I just didn't really 
you know, I just didn't get it. Yeah, where did she? Where did she suddenly come from? They mentioned her on commentary, then there she is. Yeah, as as that's what I'm saying. Like this, the the finish to the match didn't really make sense to me. No, nah, I didn't like it because my thing is, regardless of how you were going to do this, you could have put the Steiners over clean, and it would have been uh, fine. Like you didn't need Colonel Parker out there. You didn't need Sister Sherry out there. It, it would have been just fine had it just been a match between the Snyders and the Nasties. I'd have been okay with that, but the finish didn't make sense to me, so that kind of adjusted my grade a little bit. I mean, it would have been a nice, solid C if it weren't been for that. The only thing with the finish is that if they can make it work, have it where the Steiners say, well, you tried to take us out, but you failed, that's because you're scared of us. If they come out next week and they could have, that's the promo you should have had after the match. Right. It's like, right. ha, ha. It's like, man, you you too scared of us because you tried to take us out and couldn't even do it. That would be a much I would why would not do that instead of Colonel pa- or Colonel the nasty boys. Right. And that's the thing. Like, you I mean and the Steiners, like, I mean, these guys, I mean, they're tough guys. They're legit tough guys. You know what I mean? Like, I would not want to come across Rick or Scott in a dark alley. Oh, God, no. And I mean, we're talking about two tough guys from Michigan. Like, I'm sure these guys know a thing or two about trash talk. And I think they could have done it perfectly fine post match. Yep. But instead, we talked to the nasty boys. Yeah. Come on. For the second time tonight. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's not even, well, the promos the Steiners already have one. So the nasty boys. We don't need to hear from them again. Right. Go they, on to the next thing. They should get like <laughs> one promo a year so you can just remember that they're not mutes. Other than that, they need to shut up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. But speak, but we go from the outhouse to the penthouse when it comes to promos, and we move to Ric Flair versus Jim Powers in a U.S. title match. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Jimmy Powers. The Jimmy Powers. Like, I'm pretty sure Jim Powers in this point in WCW is a job guy. Oh, hands down. <laughs> so why are we making this a title opportunity? Sorry, title shot. And not just a non-title match for Ric Flair. Didn't make a lot of sense why we would give a job. I mean, because as soon as they said title match, well, Flair's going over. Oh, yeah. Because, and, I mean, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, not even interference. You're not even going to whack Ric Flair over the head with something and – Powers whoever because you're not giving Powers a title one day after Flair just won it, so this just screamed not well thought out. No, it wasn't really well thought out, and really, I feel like it was probably just maybe some heat for Flair. You know what I mean? I mean, just I mean, look at what happened in the match. You know, woman gets involved, Flair does his little Flair floppy thing, and you know it was just it was a Ric Flair match. It was a Ric Flair squash. I love the Ric Flair on his knees begging, no, no, no. <laughs> heel oh, yeah. move. He's a heel. Um, I mm-hmm. Powers gives pretty good chops himself. He gave some Flair some good stiff ones. Oh, yeah. Those, oh, yeah, I did. I actually put that in there, too. I was like, those chops. like Those were legit. Flair was taking them. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. It was beautiful. Like, it, the fact that he let it go, I was like, hey, why not? Yeah, this was a like like you said, this was a good squash match. Flair got over. He worked the knee for a little bit. I think he did a chop block to the back of the knee, mm-hmm. figure four, and powers. Now, 
this is a phrase that this is something that we need to go over because it's going to be real important in about a year, especially when it comes to these kind of matches. We we use the phrase that like power's tapped out. No, 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 no. Tapping out wasn't a thing yet. This will come important next November. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to physically give up to the ref, say I quit or I'm done like, or I submit. Regular, you submit, know. yeah. But physically tapping the mat didn't do anything. That did not. That did not signal the end of the match. That'll nope. come. That'll come to be a very important detail in November. Next November in Montreal for a little certain incident. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we, so Flair goes over, retains the U.S. title. Everybody saw that coming. This was basically oh, yeah. just a kill time match and get a three horsemen and Mondo interview. Mm-hmm. This was so much beautiful of Flair. Did you notice that while he was talking? To everybody else, Flair pops behind the table and starts popping the champagne and pouring glasses. Yeah. This man is pouring out champagne to celebrate beating a job dude on Nitro. See, that's why that is why I love Ric Flair. There is he is the greatest of all time. You want to say goat? I'm going to go with it. It is Ric Flair. He could do everything. Absolutely, like. Ric Flair could have walked out there and just kicked this dude in the face and pinned him after 10 seconds. And I still would have been like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I love it. It was and again, like, you and again, can't have Ric Flair. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a Ric Flair match without ridiculous celebrating. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he celebrates everything because, and that's who Ric Flair was. <laughs> Mm-hmm. In real life and on screen. I was about to say that's who Ric Flair still is. <laughs> he, he didn't. He wasn't. He didn't just say he was hostile and profile and wheel and deal and kiss steal and son of no good son of a. He really was a. All that I just said. Mm-hmm. He really was all that and still is. But did you notice? <laughs> did you notice woman and Jean again? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm telling you, it had to be. It had to be some kind of backstage rib to see how much she could get him to break at this point because she was all over him. I mean, it was wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love it every time because, like, it cracks me up just seeing Gene try to hold it together. <laughs> well, this is going on. Yeah, so that was good. I gave this – I gave it a B plus. If it's a little longer, I may have given it an A, but it was a little – it was short. It was what it was. I give it a B plus. B plus? I like that. That's a pretty good grade for it. I, I gave it a B minus. Um. I told you I was in a good mood today mm-hmm. when or the day I watched this. Right. I was like, I gave it a B minus. And like, yeah, I mean, for no fault of anybody, really. It was just kind of like, honestly, if it were a little bit more and not Jimmy Powers, then I might have went higher with it. But it was like, like it, was, it was a flare match. It was a flare squash match. It was entertaining, very entertaining. So it wasn't like you're, here comes Ric Flair and all this, you know, regalia. He's got woman, Elizabeth and Deborah with him and everybody's woo. And then here comes this other guy who's already in the ring. Yay. But yeah, it was just fun. And even the interview afterward was fun. Yep. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. It was a good palate cleanser after the nasty boys. Mm-hmm. Flair keeps having that effect on us. Hmm. Oh yeah. And uh, this actually brings me back to the point during the interview, too, because, of course, once again, they ask about the stuff that happened transpired the night before with Hogan. And Arn Anderson 
he put it perfectly. He put it perfectly. He says, you know, the horsemen never claimed to be role models or pretended to be role models, but Hogan did, and that's why he's scum. Yep. That like, that's, means a lot coming from Double A. Yep. He, that's, <laughs> and heels even hated him and would put him mm-hmm. down. Yep. Oh, yeah. And that's terrible. Like, it's like, yeah, even when your, your heels are even trying to bury you, basically, it's like, yeah, you done goof, son. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So then we move on to, well, I figured since, since you're out there, Benoit, let's have you a match. <laughs> Why not? We get Craig Pittman with Teddy Long. Playa, playa. Holla, holla, holla. Versus Chris Benoit. And this, I, I don't get this. This match didn't, I mean, it was just there. I don't get the point. Yeah. I don't get the point of this at all. Um, at one point, there was a suplex. Benoit was dropped on his head. It was mm-hmm. bad, real bad. It was gnarly. It looked like a legit brain brain buster, but it wasn't supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, Benoit put him in a what submission hold. I don't. What was it? I didn't write it down. You remember what the hold was at the end? Oh, it's a crippler. Crippler yeah, cross yeah, face. Yeah, that's it. Shit, I couldn't think of the name of it. Shoot. He put him in the crippler cross face, and Teddy throws in the towel, gives up, runs in the ring, and gives up. <laughs> uh, hello, Mr. Pittman. Thanks for coming by. See you later. I mean, if you're going to beat a job guy, beat a job guy, but have him tap out, not his manager give up for him. Right, because that just made him look, ugh, like basically – That'd be like, that was like, uh, what was it? Rocky three, I think it was with Drago or no, I don't remember which Rocky Rocky it was whenever, uh, he was fighting Apollo Creed and yeah, four, that's right. He's like, you know, throw in the towel, rock, throw in the damn towel. And just watch his friend die in the ring. Yeah. Just let him go. (laughs) It was basically that. It's like, I'm just gonna, it's gonna hold this cross face until you give up. And he's like, I'm not giving up. Yeah. And Teddy Long's is like, nah, man, th- this is this is sad to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this guy just make he, Benoit just made this guy look like a ten pound sack of crap on live TV. Oh yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I feel like what triggered it was that screwed up German suplex. Yep. Because if you notice the the boots that he threw on Pittman after that were kind of hard, yeah, kind of stiff. I mean, he that was bad. Quite frankly, I would have beat the crap out of the dude too. I was like, dude, you almost you could have ended my career right here. And, and looking yeah, back, I'm hurt look, you. looking back at what we know about head injuries overall, and especially with Ben Wolf. Oh yeah, yeah. But oh, um, yeah. this was a it was short. It was pointless. I gave it a C, which was being generous because it was short. Oh, it was you were Ted, Teddy Long gave got it was probably a D, but holla holla, play a play a. Tag team match with The Undertaker. Gave it a C. I went from a D to C just because it was Teddy Long. <laughs> hey, that's fair. That's fair. Now, I'm probably going to end up in a match with The Undertaker for this, but I did give it a D. Because, oh. I mean, what was the point of this match? Are, are, were you trying to get Benoit over? Then just have him win clean. Don't have the manager give up. Have the right. other guy give up. Or was this like his like was this his reward for not having his title match with the giant? Like I I don't I didn't understand it. 
He could have gotten seriously hurt. And then, yeah, dude's manager, Teddy Long, ends up giving up for him. Yeah. I, I, yeah, pointless. Not so, to mention it was under three minutes long. Yeah. And just like I was happy to do when I was watching it, I'm going to do it now. Let's move on to tonight's main event. Yes. We have Double A Arn Anderson, the Enforcer, versus the man called Sting. God, I hate that music. It was so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but I get it stuck in my head. I'll be walking around going, the man called Sting. It's the only part I really know of it, but it gets stuck in my head. And I wrote this the very first thing when they I said, this should be good. I was right. <laughs> but I look at Arn Anderson, and I mean, he's he's up there at this point in his career. He doesn't oh, yeah. have many years left at all. Man, he should have shaved his head. Mm-hmm. That, uh, him going bald just made him look 10 years. He had shaved his head. He would have looked 10 years younger. Probably had some more years left in him. I mean, I'd say it makes him younger overall, but it makes him look younger. Arn was looking old at this point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not sure how old he really was, but he looked pretty old at this point. But so you can tell he probably didn't have much time in the ring left, like as an in-ring performer. No. Because I don't think he – yeah, it's like I don't think he did it very long after this either, like in terms of like, you know, down the road. He was 38. 38 at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, he's got a few years left probably. I mean, because, again, like we've said before, people that knew how to work and knew how to do it safely worked well into their 40s. True. People that fly around and dive and take these stupid, crazy bumps can't make it to 30. True. But, yeah, but, I mean, he's 38, and he looks well into his 40s just because of the big, giant, bald spot. Shave his head. I mean, go back 25 years, Arn, shave your head. (laughs) But but other than that, the match was great. Oh, yeah, it was a great match. Sting and Anderson both knew how to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And define. They always say that effort and attitude go a long way into learning something. Sting can work. Sting's a Sting became a really good wrestler. Oh yeah. Sting broke. Oh, yeah. Sting broke in, the same time, and at the same place as a as a man named Jim Helwig, who would later become the ultimate warrior broke at the same time. They were both bodybuilders, not wrestlers or professional athletes. I'm not saying bodybuilders aren't professional athletes. I mean, like as in a contact physical running, moving sport, as in like football or basketball or something. So that's what I mean by professional athlete. One, you can look at them both. One of them tried to learn and to understand the, the sport the other one thought he knew everything and could get by with just being big, muscly beefcake. Mm-hmm. And history goes, history looks back. Which one do you think is going to be more fondly remembered? Sting exactly. or the ultimate warrior? Sorry, it's going to be Sting. Oh, yeah. I mean, even though he's just taking a check from AEW, Sting's still there. Mm-hmm. That's very true. 61 years old, and dude's still taking a bump. 
stupidly and with next stenosis, but stupidly taking a bump, but still taking it. Oh yeah. But this, oh yeah, this was good. This was two guys who knew what the heck they were doing, going back and forth, and telling us a nice story because they knew what the finish of this match was going to be. So they knew they didn't really have to get much of anywhere. Right. But this went through a break. And somebody during that break turned the air conditioning all the way down. Because we get yet another <sighs> Glacier commercial. Oh, snap. So remember, folks, Bash at the Beach. Go download it. Go watch it. And we will do a full episode of Glacier's in-ring debut. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've always said this when it back to the match. When it comes to Arn Anderson, the man had the most beautiful spine buster on the planet ever. Did you see the one where he caught Sting out of midair jumping and dropped it down into a spine buster? Yes, that was beautiful. Then, oh my goodness. I've always seen it written that a spine buster itself is like a car crash at 30 miles an hour. That had to be 50. That was. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And that was right out of the commercial, dude. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. It was right out of the commercial. I was like, who knows what went on during the commercial? It was beautiful. But as we alluded to earlier, this match didn't really have too much of a finish because here comes a limo. Who's in that limo? Who's in the limo? Ooh, oh, it, oh, 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 oh it, <gasps> it's the Outsiders. They're back after their big win last night. But guess who's Whoa. not with them? And that kind of disappointed me. Why is Hogan <laughs> not with them? Because he's a coward. Actually, I think I have a very good theory of why he wasn't there. I think Disney said, leave Hogan at home. <laughs> Because they saw the trash throwing and the oh, yeah. heat he got the night before. And they're like, yeah, we're not having that. Because anybody that's ever been to Disney World can tell you that place is immaculate clean. Rumor has it they're still cleaning up in Daytona from that night. Probably. <laughs> I mean, the, only, the funny thing is they threw all that trash in the ring. And the two biggest pieces of trash were the Nasty Boys back on this show. Yes, seriously. Boom! Yeah. I'd have made them clean it up. It was like, you guys stunk it up last night. How about you clean this trash? So, yeah, so we get the outsiders coming, and they're like, oh, look, even the match in the ring is stopping. No, no, it didn't. Arn Anderson's like, screw it. I'm going to fight you anyway. <laughs> right. He's <laughs> like, I don't give a crap about these guys. Like, <laughs> And Sting's like, well, to heck with you. Throws on the... Was I'm pretty sure he he hit the Scorpion Deathlock, didn't he? Yeah, Scorpion. I want to say Sharpshooter. I'm like, that's not what he calls it. It's not that. He puts on the Scorpion Deathlock and just as Arn Anderson just sitting there taking it in pain, Sting <laughs> is just staring at the outsiders like I'm going to do this to you. I and I was a I like that because that was like you're getting this eventually. This yeah, is going to be was you. Awesome. That was a badass moment. Yeah, and Hall of National looking at you like, it's in our contract. We control what we want. You can't do anything to us. <laughs> right, for real. But, yeah, did, I I was too busy paying attention like the outside. Did the match ever officially, like, end? Did Anderson give up, or was it just a no contest? I'm, pr I'm pretty sure they called it a submission win, 
but I mean, realistically, not considering, important. Yeah, it wasn't really important by that point because here's here's uh, Hall and Nash. It was like, yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, the match is over, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes and Macho Man runs out to help because he he is again part of the Team WC. Well, we haven't got Team WCW yet, but that's pretty much what it is. He comes out to help his buddy Sting, mm-hmm. which ironic. I mean. Luger's still nowhere to be found. They said he was hurt, but still nowhere to be found, which leads me to think maybe that he was actually legitimately injured for that match last night. But, right, that was very possible. So Mean Gene comes out. Is he the third man? No, still not the third man. Crap, I wanted Mean Gene to be it. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. That would have been great. But it wouldn't <laughs> have been as good, but it would have been hilarious looking back at it. But <laughs> he comes out and he interviews everybody. Sting. Sting's not known for his promos. Like I said, At he's all. always going to be better than the Ultimate Warrior, but the Ultimate Warrior never could make sense in a promo. It was just gibberish. Mm-hmm. You could un- it, like we said with Ahmed Johnson, and we'll hear later in the Raw review. <laughs> Ahmed Johnson just could not understand a word to come out of that man's mouth. No. The Ultimate Warrior, you could understand that every one of those words were English. It was just incoherent. But they were in an order that made no sense whatsoever. It was like he opened up the dictionary, pointed at 20 different words, and that's the sentence he was going to say. It's like, the hawk flies in the middle of the afternoon with the spirit of a warrior. It's like, what are you talking about? Put the mic down. Yeah, we'll get to him later. (laughs) He'll be a big part of the Raw review. Um but Sting, Sting's never been known as a big talker. Yeah, he had his fired up Sting promos, but they were never anything. I mean, right now, if you had to say, if could you recite a Sting promo? Probably no. not. Maybe no. a catchphrase, the woo thing, but <laughs> not like a, I mean, Ric Flair, we could quote a promo. Oh, yeah. Like you said, Incoherent Warrior, we could quote because it was memorably stupid. But we or could like haikus. do. You could do a Shawn Michaels promo. You could do a Triple H promo, The Rock, Austin. We can do those. But there was never a big staying promo that you could do. Hmm. But this one, this one was a good promo. He was fired up, and he was dropping bombs. Oh, yeah. But he also, the one thing he didn't drop was he said he was going to kick their butts because I am, this is when I absolutely, for a fact, knew that Disney said no bad words because even a baby face is going to say, we're going to kick their ass. Right. And he said, and you could tell by the way he said it, he wasn't comfortable. Like, that's not, like, he wanted to say the other one, but he's like, and yeah, we're going to kick their butts. And I'm thinking, you just made Sting sound like a fourth grader. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds like something my kid would say. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to kick your butt, dad. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. then Macho Man comes out. Oh, yeah, he is ready to go again, brother. <laughs> And he was great. I loved it. I loved it. it. And I feel like they did a great job of like, just, they didn't I, like, while I, I don't want to say they necessarily buried Hogan, I think they did a great job of kind of putting a little bit more heat on Hogan. Because yeah. it's like, you know, he didn't want to travel with us. He didn't want to do this. He was like, you know, telling kids to shove it or whatever. And it's this like, was- yeah. This was all putting Hogan, Hogan over as a heel. Absolutely. Put as much Absolutely. heat and put him over as a heel. Right. And the thing is, it's like when you're already in the center of the sun, how much more heat can you have? You yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. He is thermonuclear at this point. Absolutely. He was probably glowing red hot. And there was like, no, we do not want him here. If he's here, Epcot will burn down. <laughs> no one wants that, I guess. No. So we, <laughs> not Epcot. So here's what I wrote. We wrote, Sting, great promo on Hulk Hogan. Macho Man, great promo. Nash, meh. Hall, double meh. <laughs> Them two were just, they're trying to come across as like these cocky, smarmy heels. And they just come across like they just don't care to me. This well, whole, I mean, yeah. when it comes to this whole NWO thing, they've, they're not the center of it to me. Then, yeah, it's great. And it's one of the greatest angles in wrestling. But these two just never do it, never put much to it. No. This was all Hogan. And I, I don't know if this was jealousy where they didn't realize how big it was going to be. And it's not only because it, to start with, it was all of them. It was oh, yeah. the, all the focus was on them. Who after Bash at the Beach is talking about Hall and Nash? You know, Maybe no, them. Hall and Nash are. I didn't hear. I didn't hear it during this whole show. Anybody say that we're we hate Hall and Nash no. anymore? Nope. We all hate Hogan. It was like nah. Like yeah, Hulk Hogan straight up stole the show at this point. And yeah, it was like. And plus, I mean, you think about it too. I mean, with the contracts these cats had, they don't need to care. No. They probably wrote the damn show. Yep. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, we're getting our money regardless. I can come out here and just straight stink up the joint and I'm still getting paid. Yep. But I like I like this whole end of the show. It was really good at send off to me. And again, remember, second hour, uncontested, which everybody was watching this anyway. Oh yeah. But even the people that were watching Raw have already flipped over. So this is everybody seeing this. So I gave um, I gave it an A. Over, I mean, just flat out gave it an A. This was everybody knew, doing what they were supposed to. Good promos, even with Hall and Nash. I mean, it was wasn't bad. Don't what they said wasn't terribly stupid or wrong or bad or anything. It just right. didn't have any oomph to it. Like I know they're supposed to be laid back and ha ha, you can't beat us, but they just come off as lazy, not as you can't do anything. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I did. I did as well. And I I went with the A on this one too. And yeah, I mean, pretty much, I mean, you pretty much like took the words out of my mouth, like word for word, essentially. Like, you know, everything in that just seemed like it did what it was supposed to do. And wasn't upset that there wasn't like a you know oh my god like a huge finish to it they've got the drama going and it's like even if hall and nash didn't really look like they were kind of you know but even outside of that like you're still like oh my god like is hogan here is he here i mean obviously not yeah. but <laughs> we know. were promised to see him next week yes which I've Absolutely. got to say that as hot as he was with the heat, that it was had to be the Disney making the call at the location, the location making the call. It had to be. Why would you not have him there to continue that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. I mean, you can put the – I mean, I guess you could think of it as, well, we hate him, and now we've got a week to boil it over. But, no, you 
look at what the heat he had last night. Do that again. Wait oh, till man. the end of the show. Wait because you don't want to trash the ring. Oh no! On the first <laughs> match, having I I have to believe that originally he was written in to come with Hall and Nash. But maybe after seeing somebody jump, oh, I just thought of it too. Somebody jumped the barricade at the pay-per-view last night and tried to get to him. Mm -hmm. There was fans at ringside at this with no barricade. Oh, yeah. They had had a riot on their hands, man. Hogan was probably kept off this show to keep from getting stabbed. (laughs) I guarantee it. I just I just realized I think that's probably what it was. It was probably a safety issue. There was no barricade, not a, not a, you couldn't have enough security. Not for that. So I'd say it was a combination between Disney went no and his safety concerns. Mm-hmm. That's how much heat this guy had. I really thought somebody might have stabbed him in 1996. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you think about that that was the heel turn heard around the universe, dude. Like there's a reason every time you see like a top 10 best heel turns, this, if this isn't at number one, it's a list made before July 7th, 1996. Absolutely. And this, I mean, yeah, that's just how big the ramifications of his actions were for that. Like the fact that, yeah, they, I mean, they probably, it was probably a safety precaution why he was not there. For that exact reason, because it's like, yeah, it took one person to boop, and that'd have been it. Yeah, <laughs> and yep. you saw what happened to the guy the night before; got straight <laughs> clobbered by Nash. <laughs> so it's like, and then proceeded to get stomped by him and Scott Hall. And those aren't working kicks either. Those are we're legitimately going to put boots to you. No, it was like, no, nah, they were the yeah, those were boots to yeah. They were just like, I don't care where it's landing, you're getting hurt, buddy. Like. You know, we beat each other up for that's our job. You are a nobody, <laughs> you know, essentially. Who just entered a, literally into a world of pain. Mm-hmm. Have you seen oh, the yeah. clip from, I think it was Steve Austin and, yeah, it was Steve Austin and Triple H in Germany. And a guy runs into, for some reason, I think this was after Austin's heel turn and goes to kick the crap out of him. And, <sighs> trips legitimately gives this man a german suplex oh yeah i've seen that out of this man's shoes just picks him up and just bams i mean no working this is how hard can i slam you down on the mat Mm-hmm. oh yeah there was another one i watched too it was uh i forget who was in it. i know eddie guerrero was in it, it was a ladder match oh the one with the eddie guerrero where the fan tried to come in and like shove eddie off the ladder and he does, but luckily Eddie lands and doesn't tear anything. Yeah, and everyone in that ring beat the crap out of this guy, which including the ref. Which then, at that point, the internet's out. Kayfabe is long dead and buried. Why are you doing something that stupid? Right. And there's like, another one. There's another one from WCW when one of the refs just grabs the guy in like a chokehold. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was Patrick, Nick Patrick, huh. puts him in like a chokehold and like whoa. <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the thing it's like you know and i don't care how long you've been a fan i don't care if you're a casual fan i don't care if you're like dave Meltzer's right hand man in terms of fanhood and fandom in wrestling i feel like the number one rule in wrestling as a fan should be never ever under any circumstances go across the barricade nope ever 
that's like the equivalent of jumping over the wall onto a live track in NASCAR. You will get splattered. You'll get splattered. Either way, you're going to get splattered. (laughs) And whether it's a car going 200 miles an hour or a 400-pound man with muscles on muscles, I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys, even their hair had muscles at this point. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I've been punched in the face before. It didn't feel too good. Now, I couldn't imagine someone like Kevin Nash, who's like seven feet tall, and at this point was still a very active wrestler, punching me in the face after crossing trying. (laughs) True. (laughs) But in the process, he'd also break every bone in my face. Yep. And yeah, you would think that people would know that. uh, Stay in your lane, folks. Stay in your lane. Oh, but, yeah. But overall, I like this show. This was a good episode of Nitro, especially coming out of a pay-per-view. After look what we've seen the King of the Ring try to do, this was much better of how you do it. Hands down. This is Hands why down. this is why you do live. This is why you do live. This is exactly why you go live because it could you um, it's the thing though, Drew. Like could you imagine Nitro taped after what we saw the night before? It wouldn't have made sense. It wouldn't have made sense at all cuz it's like, oh, you know, here's Hogan, who just like the heavens and the earth just like collapsed that day. And the next night, it's like, oh, well, here's this match between like, I don't know, Eddie Guerrero and like Disco Inferno that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And the only people that could mention Hogan are the announcers who are, you know, doing it dub, dubbing over or a a backstage pre tape that you've done, you know, away from fans. And it just takes it takes away from it it does, makes it this was real this was more real than the stagey backstage stuff like wwe is going to do here in a couple minutes right and with this stuff here um for especially for me watching wcw as a kid this is why i would fight tooth and nail when people would use the f word maybe like wrestling is you know and i'd be like oh no 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 you know <laughs> yeah we didn't I'm know like, back you're, then you're so wrong I watched a man get thrown into a, the side of a trailer and all this. And, you know, just random stuff. And they're like, yeah, when does that ever happen? I'm like, it happened last night on Nitro. I was there. I watched it. <laughs> yep. You know, when people were calling the police or the ambulance and things like that, trying to check, oh, you know, I saw that, you know, so-and-so got like ran over by a car. Like somebody needs to help him. And the police show up and they're like, he's fine, guys. Like, <laughs> I forget. Uh, oh, it was NWO doing their thing. I think it was Ray Mysterio. Yeah, they threw him into like a side of a building or something like that. And he like made a huge dent. And apparently, mm-hmm. the people in the neighborhood around the arena or whatever called, yeah, police and stuff because they mm-hmm. thought he was legitimately hurt. And it's like, nah, he, we, we know we're doing this as a controlled environment, you know, and <laughs> there's that- is the realism that I got from WCW and I loved it. Yep. There's an angle from Memphis television in the eighties where Bill Dun I think it was Bill Dundee hits Jerry, the King Lawler with a, with a car. People were legitimately calling the police to send them to the studio to arrest Bill Dundee mm-hmm. because they legitimately just saw and believed it was come hundred percent real that this man just attempted murder. Yeah. <laughs> On a yeah, wrestling show. And that's that so is- he, that's the mm. heat used to get, and people used to believe in it. Nowadays, 
I don't even believe the punches anymore because they no. don't throw them. They throw those weird little forearm things. No. And that's the thing. Like, you can ask a lot of these old wrestlers, like these older guys here. Like even, I mean, a lot of these guys are still kicking. You know, you could ask them, you know, these guys were around, you know, late 80s, early 90s doing their thing on all these, like, the territories and stuff, especially the WCW guys because, I mean, a lot of them are older. So they remember the old territory stuff. You, it, you almost want to, if you ever get a chance to, you kind of want to ask them, like, like a legit, like how many death threats did you guys get for a heel oh, yeah. turn? Oh, or, yeah. you know, for beating up the baby face or, you know, whatever. And I've heard stories and seen stories. I'm sure you have too. Some of these older guys getting guns drawn on them at bars and stuff mm -hmm. because, you know, fans are, I saw what you did to so-and-so. I'm a, hey, man, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Some, Most of yeah. them carried a, some kind of gun in their bag just for that reason. Yeah, it's like a lot of these guys, I'm sure they were packing heat. They had no choice. It's like, you know, you get a fan, it's like, whoa. It's like, yeah, like you you got to. Because if you don't, <laughs> yeah, that could have been gnarly. Well, this show was packing heat, and I liked it. I gave it, I mean, I gave it a B minus, which is a good, good raw, or nitro. Good, good live show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, overall, this one, I gave it an A minus overall. Yeah, for yeah, everything we just mentioned, just the fact that it's like, you know, this is coming off arguably the biggest moment in the history of wrestling. Arguably, probably the biggest pay-per-view up to this point for WCW. And, yeah, as we mentioned the night before, ladies and gentlemen, hint, hint. You need to listen to that. You know, that, the, you know, the, the very moment that changed the landscape of the sport from there, from then on. And I mean, even, even though things are a lot different today, um, this kind of gave us what we got today in a sense, if it weren't for that, I mean, things probably would have been different and we'd still be talking about, you know, we might even be talking about, you know, what's today, Friday? I don't know. They probably wouldn't have anything on Friday, but we'd be talking about Nitro still. Yep. And things like that and seeing them go head to head. But, you know, that's a topic for another time. Yeah, we'll get there. We're going to see the downfall of it years, in just a few years. Mm -hmm. Mostly, mostly brought on by one man, but like we've alluded to earlier, it was also the thing that the thing that made him great was the thing that eventually killed him. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that's going to be our review for Monday Nitro. That's us looking up at the lights. One, two, three. Ding, ding, ding. Peace out.